Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM and get started now. Welcome back to Sensible Loud Radio. This is Brandon, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mountain Carl. Carl, how's it going? I'm back after a nice, stressful couple weeks, and uh, I've, we've got plenty to share as far as the, the coronavirus saga unfolds, uh, but I'm not the only person here. We're graced with Dan, not to be confused with Duster Dan. How are you doing, Dan? Doing good. How are you guys doing? Good. Good. Thanks for having so- me. Absolutely. So uh, I'm I'm just going to start off real quick and I'm going to say that, uh, Brandon, I listened to the last episode and I want to ask you about jacking off toilet paper people. (laughs) If that is if if that is something that I was not really aware of, is that a thing that happens during a crisis? Is that how you is that how you get toilet paper? Just, just explain it to me. I think that you're saying that people were going to be jacked up buying toilet paper, but it somehow it turned into a like a group sex act. So yeah, uh, let's just say I, I had a I had a few beers at that point when I was recording with the guys last time. <laughs> so I was just like talking, and and for some reason, instead of saying like people jacking up other people for toilet paper, I said you know people jacking off people for toilet paper. <laughs> so it didn't Which, really. It didn't really make uh, sense. Now that you say that, it, it triggered what you're talking about here. Because I saw that in the run sheet, and I'm like, what is jacking off toilet paper people? Is that a <laughs> – are toilet paper people a thing? Like, what is that? Well, no. I mean, that, that was uh, that was my question is, is obviously, like, I'm sure one could jack someone off for a roll of toilet paper at this point. Man, that's all – that's how I had to get That's, my toilet paper yesterday. So yeah. yeah, just just wait in line. Are you like standing behind, like in some alley with a <laughs> with a trench coat on? Yeah. yeah, hey, over here. We did we do this one as a reach around. That way, there's no eye. Hey man, I'll do the reach you. around. <laughs> I call this one the stranger. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> with, uh, oh yeah, man, we, we got a we we had we had rice and everything. We we bought for the apocalypse and. uh and of course, like we we opened it up the other day to cook it, and there are bugs all in it, and we we're like, "Wow, oh. like that is insult to injury mm. right there." Yeah, not was not the packaging great. like cracked open or something? Yeah, it had it had some small holes in there that I didn't. Ah, you got to inspect that. So, yeah, yeah, not great, not great. But uh, yeah, no. When we went to the store, there was there was certainly something that I noticed uh, when I was. It was right at the very beginning when everybody was panic buying everything. And I was over in the, you know, the meat area, like the, the, you know, fresh meat and everything over at Target, um, which in case you didn't know, they have fresh meat. And, and since I actually uh, said that out loud, it will now have no more <laughs> stock in the shelves. But the, uh, you the just one walk thing, in and you, you just start screaming fresh meat, fresh meat. Yep. And yeah, everybody gone. like stampedes the, uh, Hey, they got one roll of toilet paper. Oh. Yeah. Dan, jack him off. Um, the, <laughs> <laughs> the one, the one thing they had, the one thing they had at this place was uh, was vegan stuff, right? It, it was all like the uh, like uh, Ben baseball must be in heaven right now uh, because yeah. nobody is touching that vegan stuff. So it's all like the Impossible Burgers and everything like that. I swear to God, it was like every last bit of processed food. And, and like fresh meat and everything there was gone. Right. But then there's like this one aisle in the middle of, or not aisle, but like this one section in like the refrigerated area where like no one has touched it. And it's all of like the, the fake meat product. Now it's just like, it's like, wow. It's like dust and cobwebs all on it. 
Yeah, well, it, it just proves like we haven't gotten to that point yet. Like when you start seeing that stuff flying off the shelves, like people are actually hungry. Yeah, yeah that's like they're desperate. They're struggling. Yeah, so it's yeah. uh, it was definitely definitely interesting. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, so what, what's what's y'all's experience been like? Obviously, I, I heard the the input from uh, from last week and how uh, Justin coughed in the middle of Sam's Club and terrified people. <laughs> but uh you guys you guys did uh you guys did a little bit of a grocery run yesterday was it was it kind of like black friday all over again it was very pleasant actually there's like wow barely- yeah uh it was checks uh, out yeah we got there and they actually just brought out a we just went to like a neighborhood walmart and they brought out a pallet of toilet paper like while we were in there so we're like oh. bonus. hell yeah we now we got the overflow just in case that's excellent i was concerned I don't know why they bother stocking that stuff. Like, why don't they just bring it out on like the, the pallet jack and just like leave it in the middle of the store for people to like kind of do a King of the Hill game on. Yeah. So I was, I mean, and I wasn't quite ready to figure out how to use the seashells yet. So no, no, that was, (laughs) that was the other thing is the, uh, the, the demolet, the demolition man connections are are pretty strong right now. I've I've got a lot of people on, on Facebook that are talking about how, uh, how like oh guys like you really don't need all that toilet paper like why not just buy a bidet right and yeah. and, and you have to like it, it, it's, there's a mindset involved there obviously a lot of people across the world and and the country have gotten over the fact that you're going to have water shut up your pooper mm-hmm. right but that's clearly like there is there's obviously a barrier there that a lot of people in America are not willing to get over like, like, I mean, that there's a reason that all the toilet paper has been hoarded at this point when it, I think you probably could have easily just bypassed most of that and just been willing to have, you know, water shut up your crack. So yeah. let me ask you guys this. Yeah. Have either of you ever used a bidet? I have, I have not, I'm not preaching nope. it. Nope. You know, I'm just, I I'm have. just saying I'm not, what was the I experience? Stayed, I stayed in a Japanese hotel, not in right. Japan, in California. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. Very, yeah. it was very weird but they had a bidet and i was like oh i gotta take this for a spin and luckily this one was a nicer one and it had a heated seat which you can't go back from once you have the heated yeah. seat game over right um, but it also did warm the water so that's wow. always the concern is you think the cold water shooting up your butthole would be like whoo hey when it's warm not too not bad. bad. It's not uh, bad, it. but it was, uh, it's an interesting experience. I think everyone should try it. Uh, yeah. My favorite part though, is when you're done with the water part and it just starts blowing some warm air. To dry oh you my off. Lord. Oh man. That's, that's when you're like, well, I'm just going to sit here and play another game on my phone while this is happening. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just kind of, kind of let it, let it, uh, yeah. wash over you, so to speak. I will tell you, I'm uh I'm pro bidet guy. Probe a day, yeah, that, try it. yeah. Would you uh, would you install one or get like a, a nice Japanese toilet put into the house? I I'm not opposed. Yeah, yeah. I, I would. I it, like the whole the whole idea of the Japanese toilet. I feel like you really have to lean into it. Don't get one that's mm-hmm. got anything but Pun Japanese intended. characters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you gotta you, you gotta have you gotta it, dip into it. Got, dip into you it. Gotta, yeah. Be right back. I'm gonna go it for has a dip. To be, it has to be a mix of the American and Japanese. So it'll have the Japanese style seat, but bigger so we can fit our fat American asses on it. Yeah. yeah right. And it also needs to be point. taller and be able to flush like way more shit, quite literally, mm. than I'm sure a Japanese one would. So, yeah. So is a it, little bit what of I'm trying uh, to get at is we're fat assholes and we need bigger toilets. Right. Right. That's not wrong. So yeah. a little bit of uh, background here. So Dan is one of my. Um, eldest friends, I guess you could put it that way. We've known each other since high school or the, the high school days. So almost about 20 years now. Uh, also roommate of mine until July of this year when I move out. Cause, uh, Dan is now recently engaged. Yep. There we go. Congratulations. Yep. Mazel tov. Thank you. Thank you. But yeah. yeah, with this whole, uh, coronavirus shit that's going on, you know, it's, it's caused a lot of things to kind of uh, be put on hold. And so people that are having weddings or even God forbid funerals, you know, things are just not the same. So I know there's a little bit of a stress factor there for Dan with, uh, you guys are planning, uh, for like a December wedding, right? 
we were thinking about it, but we were going to start doing some tours of locations this last week, but we can't because all of them were like, yeah, we're closed right now. And right. a lot of people that I'm sure we're planning on getting married this time of year, which I think a lot of people normally do. Yeah. Uh, they're they're all having to postpone their weddings and stuff, so we're kind of up in the air right now. I mean, it's it's pretty intense. Yeah, it's uh, because for us, we got to figure out where we want to do it. We got to find the place, so we then we can know how many people can be there and so on, and then we kind of just go from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it all starts with finding out where and when, and then then you start going. So. Yeah, I never really thought about the fact, obviously, I mean, I, well, I did think about the fact that people who are having weddings right now can't have weddings, but yeah. I never thought about the impact on the planning, too. It's really going to push a lot of shit out even further. It does. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the, and they uh, say you need at least six months to plan, you know? Yeah, I believe that. Yeah. Uh, we, we saw somebody getting married in the park next to us the other day, and I don't know if it mm-hmm. was just kind of like a, a weird Vegas thing going on or... If they were like, hey, you know what? Our wedding got canceled and uh, we need to make it happen. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it was cool. Uh, you know, Mountain Girlfriend stood there and clapped. Uh, you know, <laughs> so I guess there's there's that. Uh, she, Did she, you crack she, open a beer? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, and I, I like Stone Cold and I just like sprayed it everywhere. Yeah. Not bad. Now, it, like, was, where you're uh, standing, that's right next to where Mountain Dog took a shit the other day. That's actually <laughs> accurate. Uh, he did. He did. He took it. He took a big fat shit in that park the other day. So they uh, <laughs> they were graced with his presence. Mm. But that's not the only thing being delayed, obviously, because we've got uh, a lot of concerts and things like that. Right. So we've got a lot of concerts that are being streamed. We've got albums that are being delayed. Uh, tell us more about that, because I know that we we kind of had this little discussion and I know Nine, Nine Inch Nails played a, a factor in that. So, yeah. So. You know, Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross, Nine Inch Nails uh, dropped uh, Ghost 5 and 6. And to kind of put in context, there was a, uh, back in 2008, Ghost 1 through 4, which is a instrumental compilation that they worked on with other artists and everything. Uh, they released it for free back then, which was unheard of. And that was right when Trent was about to depart Interscope and start doing stuff on his own. And he kind of goes back and forth sometimes with uh, different companies um, just releasing through that. So... He dropped all this free music. It's about two and a half hours and it, and it's great. You know, it's the first part's ambient. The other part's kind of like more orchestral type of soundtracky, but there's a lot of uh, trumpet, all kinds of other stuff. And so it's awesome when you see an artist come out with free music, not every artist can, but the established ones I feel like should do this, especially at this point in time, because it's the perfect, uh, it's basically the, the perfect time frame to release uh, free music and kind of give back to people who are just kind of stuck in homes and, you know, people who are digesting Netflix, uh, are also could also be audiophiles, you know? So, um, but that being said, there's a lot of artists who are looking at it more of a, uh, business perspective. And so if they do have a new album coming out, such as uh, lady Gaga, for example, had hers coming out, uh, she and her company, I don't know if it was maybe the company deciding it, but I feel like she can, you know, has a pretty heavy uh, decision factor and and uh, making that call, but they decided to delay the album. And from what I've heard, it's uh, her whole fan base is really pissed off because they're like, you know, if if there's any time to release it, it's now. Because yeah, you know, that, we that's what music. I'm trying to figure out. When you, when you were yeah. telling me about that, and you're like, uh, yeah, they're going to delay the album. I was just like, wow, do you hate digital downloads? Because that's what you're missing out on right now. Yeah, you know. The only the only thing I could think of at the time as why she would have postponed it is because like two of her tracks on her album were called like virus or like COVID-19. <laughs> like maybe maybe you would want to not introduce that. It would not be it would be almost too timely, you know, like a too soon kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, I, chances are you'd probably want to delay that a while with this thing kind of peter out. But uh, but yeah. You know, let, let people get over their, their like PTSD from using cold bidets. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> you would think that it's not like she's concerned about people going into Best Buy, being able to buy her CD because you can't even do that anymore. Yeah. There, right? there are like probably Digital, like two yeah. stores that even carry that kind of shit anymore. Yeah. And so. it's, it's like, it's not like it's going to change how many people buy the album or stream the album. Mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. going to be the same if anything it might be more yep yeah I mean, most and it's people... 
and it's very different compared to like what is going on with uh with movies you know and the the movie industry so yeah. you know obviously with cinemas closing down they're starting to do this vod thing which is now twenty dollars to to watch it uh and then of course those that are crafty enough are able to uh you know basically get that recorded put it out on uh on usenet and then everybody puts on their plex like uh like smart human beings, but, um, we're, we're know. not, we're not necessarily endor- endorsing piracy though. It does happen. I don't even know what you two are talking about. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Please so, continue, Brandon. Anyways. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is, you know, juxtaposing, you know, like the music industry to, uh, to the, you know, Hollywood and, you know, movies and everything, uh, obviously, you know, cinemas don't even make that much money off of, uh, putting out movies, it's all in their concessions. Right. Um, but as far as Hollywood goes, they are missing out on a lot of money unless they're putting things on hold like Bond and a few others. So it is an interesting time to see where, you know, I'm sure in that industry, a lot of people have lost their jobs. And I mean, just looking at the service industry alone with restaurants and everything, that's been pretty tough as well. Yeah. I mean, like you already think about restaurants and how tight their margins are, you know, just to exist, especially ones in like large spaces, uh, you know, Cheesecake Factory comes to mind, not because all I do is eat at Cheesecake Factory, because they actually made headlines that talked about the fact that they, uh, you know, with their phone book menu and their fucking palaces that they, you know, rent that uh, they they actually can't pay their rent like for the next three months or whatever. Wow. So, I mean, it, and I think that's always the the issue here is like people expect businesses, you know, that are that are well known and everything to kind of just continue in perpetuity you know something that's recognizable like cheesecake factory but then uh can you imagine like what are you going to do with all those spaces turn them into trampoline parks i mean they're fucking huge so i don't really understand uh like how they plan if they go into bankruptcy to even liquidate some of their assets but it'll be it'll be interesting to see how everything shakes out we're trying to you know help locally by by still getting takeout and stuff like that what are are some uh, local places you've gotten uh, right now we've done, uh, Astoria, um, you know, which is kind of a cafe down the street, uh, I, you know, cause the Addison, um, we, we, we also have done some of the Thai restaurants, you know, it, it's kind of interesting too. Cause like the, uh, it, it, you know, as much as we're struggling to understand what the new hours are and everything and like how you actually get delivery, which is not an exact science anymore. It's not as easy as pulling up stuff. I mean, as many times as I've ordered things on DoorDash that have been accepted, I have, I've had them actually been rejected and refunded because Hmm. those stores may not be open right now, or they might be temporarily closed or they might be Ah. having different hours. So it's, it's definitely a guessing game right now. Um, but yeah, so we've done that. We've done some Thai food and stuff like that. And uh, the the quality of the food, right? Because you don't have a full complement of people back there probably making everything that they have normally made. Uh, it's, it's not like you're going to like in and out, right? Where they're just like patty, bread, cheese, you know, it's, it's, you're, you're actually creating food, you know, out of nothing and uh, out of whatever ingredients they've got in the kitchen recipes they've had. I don't know. Some of these people might have these recipes in their head for all I know. And, uh, and so the quality control can be kind of interesting, not like from a health perspective, obviously everything seems like it's very yeah, clean and very well your done. Your food could be cold or, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. It, it's, it's like well, the last order we got was kind of like this thing that we've really enjoyed, but it was actually a little bit sweeter than we had mm-hmm. it in the past. We're kind of like, okay, you know, like it's not bad at all, but it's definitely different. And I really do think that a lot of this is just kind of affecting people trying to maintain bottom lines right now and, and balance that whole thing where they want to stay as a viable business but they also can't afford to have a full complement of people on staff. So yeah, I would, I would, uh, suggest people that are, I mean, we're, we're very serious about trying to maintain our, our hygiene and everything in the house and, you know, trying to make sure everything's always, you know, fairly disinfected and we're washing our hands all the time. Uh, obviously you'll get conflicting information as far as if a virus can exist on cardboard or not, just be smart, you know, I mean, just, just be smart. Uh, if you, if you just get a delivery, everybody recommends just putting your stuff in like on plates and stuff like that and just throwing away the vessels that they came in and, yeah. and, and then wash your hands and enjoy your food because uh, everything, 
everybody out there is trying to struggle right now to, to, I mean, the margins are so tight on restaurants and, and obviously we talked about, uh, you know, movie theaters and stuff like that. So that's going to be right. pretty difficult to come back. Dan, you, uh, so I know that you and your fiance have supported some local restaurants around here. What are those? Uh, there's one in Carrollton called Mina's, uh, it's a Mexican restaurant and, uh, it's one of my favorite Mexican restaurants and, uh, they've been there for, God, I think about 50, at least 15 years now. And they're, mm-hmm. they have a few locations, but, uh, we went and picked up food the other night and, uh, I was, I was talking to, they had two of the waiters there cause they, you walk inside, they just had tables set up for your orders to pick up and they had a couple of waiters working it. And I was asking one of them how business was if they're doing okay. And he said, well, it's been a little slow and, uh, uh I've been concerned of, you know, I've been kind of concerned about them. So when we ordered our food, they actually, what's beautiful about the state of Texas is we're able to order margaritas to go right now. Hell yeah. Uh, so we went ahead and, and they have really good margaritas there. Uh, so we went ahead and ordered four <laughs> and the reason, main reason why is I wanted one, but also I was like, I'm sure they're going to make more money on these things. Because what they're yeah. going to charge? Because they're not—they're not cheap. And uh, I'm like, I need to support them as much as I can. Because I'm like, yeah, I can go to on the border, but that's a chain. I'd rather support the local guy because they're going to have a harder time getting through this. Absolutely. And, uh, I know we—I tipped him like twice what I normally would, just because I feel you know, especially anyone in the service industry, they're probably they're getting hit hard with this. So right and. It's frustrating as I was, I was in there, there's still people in there complaining, going, uh, this isn't what I ordered and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, dude, shut up, man. They're here. Yeah. Like they're, we were lucky they're doing this for us. So yeah, they're, they're, they're in that. survival mode right now. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's not, I would definitely not, uh, make a stink, but, uh, th- there was something that came out with the, the governor, you know, uh, Texas allowing people to, to take, you know, do the take home alcoholic mm-hmm. drinks and delivery and stuff like that. They did, a. Uh, uh, they had to kind of like tailor that a little bit because what was happening is people were ordering like a plate of nachos and then like 20 margaritas to go yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> and <laughs> which, which by the way, like if you want to throw a party hot damn, you know, get like yeah. gallon jugs of Marg's. Right. But um, yeah, that was, uh, that was pretty interesting. So yeah, we, we, we done uh, Astoria. There's a place called Latin Deli down the street as well. That's uh that's excellent. Um, you know, the Thai food, uh, that we've been to, I think it's Thai star and, mm-hmm. uh, banana leaf are always good. Yeah. Uh, really good. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Support your local restaurants that aren't chains. Um, that's the most hipster thing that will ever come out of my mouth. <laughs> and, uh, just, you know, cause right now, like Dan said, you, they don't have the capability to withstand, to weather this kind of thing. Really. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're all on skeleton crew, like survival mode. So, um, if you obviously right. don't have the means, to do it, you know, I think, I think we're all going to understand, uh, you know, if you're like trying to really pinch pennies right now and just trying to survive like everybody else is, you know, that, that is laid off, then, uh, you know, I don't think that, I don't think the country that, you know, the citizenry is trying to expect you to go out and get a, like a load of takeout, you know, but, uh, but if you are of, of, uh, able means right now, I think it's a good idea to at least give well, it a shot every now and then. Yeah. And here's the other thing. So, uh, one thing that I've started noticing is, is a lot of established musicians. Like I know there's actually a concert, I think happening tonight through iHeartRadio. Yeah. That's uh, right. Yeah. And there's a bunch of pop artists doing things there. I, the first artist that I kind of heard about is one I follow, which is, uh, Dave Matthews. And he did a, uh, streaming from, uh, basically like the upstairs part of his house or apartment in, uh, Seattle and did a live acoustic set uh, through Verizon. And I thought that was really cool because it was uh, to raise money and support of small businesses and restaurants. And uh, I can't remember the exact number. I think Verizon said they donated like $5 million, But I think overall there was there was a lot more uh, cash flow that was uh, raised on top of that. So I, I definitely want to see more artists kind of kind of like what they do for like Farm Aid is another one um, that happens every single year that Neil Young started back in... 70s or 80s right and i know like dave and john cougar mellencamp and all those you know bruce springsteen they'll come together to kind of help uh the farmers in the farming industry so why not do something similar to that for this or something that we all remember from post 9 11 where they had that you know post 9 11 concert to right you know help for the city of new york and 
for survivors and firefighters and everybody involved. So uh, there is one uh, restaurant I want to plug, and it's more of a fast food restaurant, but it's called Dillas. Uh, there are two locations for Dillas. So there's one three. in oh three locations now. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So there's one uh, nearby where I live. So that is over off of Hebron and Midway, or it's probably mm-hmm. Park and Midway. And then there's one in Frisco. Where's the other one? Uh, McKinney. It's off of 380. Oh, cool. Yep. Yeah. So Dilla's is basically like a bunch of, it's really awesome quesadillas that you can order to go. They have some amazing fries, seasoned fries, uh, chips and queso, but really, really good. Highly recommend it. Nice. That, that is a concept restaurant that I have not imagined yet. The quesadilla focused restaurant. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. The, you know, there's like roly poly and stuff like that that does the wraps exclusively and everything. But, and the like the panini presses and stuff. But, like, I haven't ever considered the fact that you walk in and the only thing that's available on the menu is just an array of quesadillas. I am all for that. Yeah, that's good. So, yep. So, uh, speaking of people and the Rona. Right. We found out recently that uh, Harvey Weinstein ended up testing positive. Is that true? Has that been verified or is that just like wishful thinking on the part of people who have, you know, hated, hated that guy? I, I don't know. Uh, when I first heard the the news, I was like, oh, how convenient. So he can be isolated and probably get some sort of like posh, you know, holding area as opposed to being in whatever cell he was in in Rikers Island. You know, I never so, even thought about that. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what I started thinking. But of course, if he does have it, you know, rightfully so, who, who, you know, who deserves it more than him? Right. I mean, I think it's pretty fair to say that we're not going to wish it on anybody, but uh, certainly uh, I'm going to complain a lot less, you know, with that fact that Harvey Weinstein has got coronavirus. So, um, yeah, I'm not I'm not looking for anybody to have to deal with this shit, but uh, I'm not s- certainly you know, bothered by that fact. So, you know, it, there, there was, uh, I mean, have you guys had like the group meetings and stuff like that to deal with Corona, like at, at your work and stuff like non-stop, that? Non-stop. Non-stop. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Mean, I know you've been like doing crisis mode too. Dan, have you had to deal with any of that shit? Not really. Uh, no, but yeah, I know yeah. you're on the road most of the time anyway, though. So all right it's kind of not right now. <laughs> yeah. Not right now. You're not, um, yeah, my buddy Andrew, he actually had a, he, he works in, in, in downtown. Right. And so at the bottom of his, uh, you know, large building in the midst of downtown, they've got this community room. They've got this large room where they do the all hands style meetings. Right. Mm-hmm. This is when it was first kicking off and everybody was trying to figure out what the hell was going on. And, uh, and of course, you know, amidst all the talk of social distancing, the only way to get down effectively to the very base floor of this building is to take a series of elevators, right? So everybody's already kind of on edge. You know, we're, they're just starting to hear about it. And uh, everybody is crammed into elevators going down to this large room, right? And so, of course, uh, Andrew, being the uh, malicious jokester that he is, everybody is very very like cognizant of the fact that they're all trapped inside of this elevator together going down, you know, 30 floors Mm -hmm. and, and he kind of like leans over and like coughs into his elbow kind of thing, you know, and everybody looks like he's a terrorist, you know, (laughs) like immediately, like everybody just gets, gets on the walls. And of course, you know, he does this intentionally just to freak people out, but then he's like, no, no, that's cool. I was just kidding, you know, and everybody wanted to kill him after that. So um, maybe, maybe not the right time to joke like that. But, uh, but yeah, I thought, I thought that was pretty great. He has also uh, done like the, uh, oh, what is that? Real genius style thing where he like, you know, called someone pretending like they he was God and told him to stop jacking off that kind of thing, you know? <laughs> so hey, this is the kind of, this is kind of warped mind that we're dealing with, but, uh, but yes, great, great move. Um, it, where are you guys surviving this by watching like streaming stuff? I mean, like, have you guys selected something that you're going to binge watch now that everything I'm, is just, I'm currently you know, binge watching YouTube. That's like, good, man. Like all of YouTube. Apparently. All of YouTube. Yeah, I'm Most working on finishing YouTube right now. There we go. Good luck. Yeah, yeah thank yeah. you. 
that's going to be great. Are you stuck on standard def or have you, have you escaped that so far? No, I've, uh, I've actually not run into this yet. Uh, I've heard that there are a lot of, uh, streaming services are throttling or downgrading their video quality to save bandwidth. Right. Um, I think I've only had one video come up 480, but then, you know, you select 1080 or 4k and it, it just works. So yeah, it, it's kind of like, uh, you know, flushing paper towels or something like that, you know, yeah. like, you know, uh, everybody's told not to do it kind of thing. Cause it'll bring the whole system down. You know, they're going to throttle, they're going to throttle all of your, your output as far as, you know, streaming quality is concerned just to keep the system running. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I haven't run into it either though. I mean, you guys are obviously we're on, you know, we're, we're doing zoom right now and you know, everybody's pinging really well. And, you know, I haven't had to deal with any of the video quality issues on Netflix uh, especially when trying to watch Tiger King in high def. So, yeah. So uh, tell me, tell us about Tiger King. Cause I've can, seen can, like the trailer and it just looks so over the top. Can you explain it for someone who has yeah no idea what you're talking about? Cause I real like a people. real top, a real top down perspective. Okay. Yeah. So the I'll, I'll just do uh I'll talk about the players real quick in this show, right? I'll set the stage for you. Um, there is a a man, I will not refer to him as a gentleman often. His name is Joe Exotic. Uh someone who fancies himself a uh exotic cat, you know, owner slash breeder, uh, and then also someone who is, I guess, dabbling in country music. And uh anyway, the whole thing is based around his Oklahoma like you know, cat quote unquote sanctuary. Right. And, uh, the absolute like rogues gallery of people that he surrounds himself with, like his interesting lifestyle choices. Like, uh, uh, he is in a relationship with two other men. So he is in a gay thruple mm. and, uh, it, which God's my new favorite word thruple. Um, and then, like so there there's obviously other players involved in this exotic animal marketplace thing um it focuses on one guy that i think's in south carolina and uh basically he's just got like this harem of women in like a weird like cat centric sex cult and uh and then you've got one woman who uh apparently is you know has supposedly murdered her husband and uh and is like in charge of this cat sanctuary who's at the at the very beginning you you're watching this show and you're like wow uh this is like she's supposed to be the protagonist in all this right it kind of like gently leads you in and, and this person is supposed to be the the woman who's saving all these cats and like has a real sanctuary and everything and really you just find out later she's kind of a piece of shit like the rest of them mm -hmm. um and and so basically it's the documentary plays out almost like reality TV and that everybody is just so off the wall, strange that you, it's really hard to make it, heads or tails of what's going on. You watch the show and, uh, and what, it, what play the way it plays out is almost like a, uh, in documentary fashion, obviously it's a, it's a chronicling of like their feuds, you know, mm -hmm. with each other and how they've worked together in this tight knit community of exotic cat raisers that are way larger than life. And, uh, so I was watching with mountain girlfriend and, uh, it was probably the first show I've ever watched with her where she was just like, I can't, I can't look away. Like I can't stop this right now. These people are in like incredible. Um, and I would say that in the most literal sense, they're incredible. Uh, but you know, uh, Dan, if I was going to explain this, I would also, uh, ask you if you knew, who wasn't in a thruple and who didn't have a sex cult. Mm. Uh, I'm going to go with audible audible. Yeah. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30 day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs, download a title free and start listening. It's that easy. Yeah. Well, well done, Dan. Like you really a pretty good segue, wasn't it? You're, you're, you're working on it. Yeah. I, think, yeah, I wonder I think if they do on. have uh, audiobooks on thruples. 
you know, hmm. uh, you know, I mean, most people call them threesomes, but you know, well, well but I guess I if mean, they're all a couple, uh, if they're all a couple, yeah, three threesomes is is a, a bit too momentary, I think, for the, the throuple <laughs> lifestyle. It's too so, temporary, yeah, yeah, too temporary, right? So uh, no, I would imagine that in the in the you know, or I think vast, they call it a love triangle. Yeah, is well, like the, so that's that was the initial. That was like the seventies term, right? Yeah, I guess that really was. Yeah. But if everybody's kind of cognizant of the fact that they're in a love triangle, you know, then maybe it becomes a thruple at that point. I we really need a thruple on Amazon. That's my boy. Already yeah. doing research. www.thruple.sexcult.com.us.biz forward slash Pornhub forward slash Pornhub. Oh, if there is, man, you know, so I'm, I'm not going to look. Nope. This well, one sound like now uh, Google Rubble. There that's, you go. That's that's my boy. Can't wait so for they those. Sound like, uh, to be they're going back now. Yeah, they sound like uh, Jerry Springer styled kind of people. They yeah. are exactly Jerry Springer style people. Well done. I uh, oh, yeah. I think that's exactly the way that you would you would identify these these humans. So well, I will say that uh, I did a Google of this show while you were talking and looking at some of the pictures here. And I got to say, it's a beautiful mullet. It is, though. <laughs> that is just majestic. Yeah, it's it's very difficult to uh, to pin down these these people in, in any kind of meaningful way, like to put these people in any kind of box mentally. And I think that's the beauty of the show is it does a great job of kind of you know, playing with what you think could even be a stereotypical version of the person you're seeing. And then it immediately like zigs when it should have zagged. And so you're, <laughs> you're like, wow, where does this go next? You know? So it's yeah. told in a very addicting and interesting way. Um, it's also something that I would recommend drinking beer to um, okay. as much as you possibly can just at the borderline of dying, just drink as much beer as possible. <laughs> And uh, so that's and why you're enjoy... over. Okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, good God. It is. This ain't making is... sense yet. <laughs> yep. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to drink it till I figure it out. Uh, <laughs> the key, you never will. Uh, so yeah, as, as all social distancing and isolation goes, we were streaming, uh, drinking and playing connect Four. so we really crushed it oh. on the, mm. on the isolation. That was about one o'clock in the morning when that happened. So, uh, mm. Uh, before that, we were we were doing a a like live read of uh, of the room by Tommy was so that was the way we were passing the time. It was me and my friend David and Jared and his wife uh, or uh, sorry, David's wife. And uh, he was how did that he come actually up? it's so he he's basically he works in the medical field. So I think he's kind of losing his mind right now. OK. And uh, and he really he wants to get like he, he wants to socially like network and stuff like that. And so he's the one that kind of was like, Hey, we'll do like a, a, a double, triple date kind of thing. And, uh, uh not a thruple, right? Not a, <laughs> like just a, not a thruple. It's about the don't call it. No, it's definitely not that. And, uh, that, <laughs> is that like, is, is there some kind of like, Thrupping? uh, nope. You done, done did you, you done did thrupt that. I don't even think they, they've said that on tiger King yet. Um, Maybe it's yeah, in the it, bonus content. Maybe it's in the bonus content. Yeah. We, we threw up. But the... Uh, <laughs> no, this this whole thing where he... David has gone to a live reading with actually one of the actors from The Room. And for his birthday, he actually did a script reading of this with one of... Not Tommy Wiseau, but uh, but one of, one of the other people that I think mm -hmm. played uh, Mark or something. So... Okay. Um. So he actually did this, which I think is awesome. Like what a, what a gift, right? And if you've never done script reading before for stuff that sucks, like it's actually really fun. It's almost like if you were going to like read uh, somebody else's Mad Lib, you know, uh, but like in that Mad Lib, all they did was pick like verbs where they should have picked nouns and that kind of shit. So it was, uh, it was a lot of fun to read like this kind of weird, like haphazardly thrown together script that apparently went through numerous rewrites if you've ever anything about this but uh he he he's very into this movie right this you know the room the disaster artist uh tommy was so as an enigma and uh and he said hey why don't we just do a live read of one of the copies of the script and so 
the one he was going off of was apparently the real one. Uh, he actually had signed by the guy he was reading with. And the one he sent us was like a PDF version that was already kind of jumbled up and not necessarily correct. And it, it actually read like Tommy would talk. So it was, it was like even better. Um, but so it yeah, never if, made sense. Yeah. it never made, it never made sense. And when we were reading it, it was just like, I was just so blown away by how absolutely awful, like it's already bad enough when you're trying to deliver that as an actor, but when you're just trying to live read it with your friends and stuff, you're like, how did this get past anyone? Like, how is this acceptable? <laughs> like, there's so, no quality control. Yeah. There was no, it was so bad. And, uh, it, there was no like, we'll catch it in post kind of thing. Like it was just all terrible. So if yeah. I had to, uh, if first of all, let's just very quickly, uh, the room for those of you who don't know is something that you should just go ahead and, and YouTube right now. Uh, Tommy Wiseau's the room has been widely acknowledged as one of the worst movies of all time. And I think rightly so, Behind uh, but it's all earth. Well, you know, that's a fair well, take. Um, I think it's I think it's rated higher than a lot of the bad movies and it's because oh, yeah. of the cult following. I I right? agree with that yeah. and I also think that it's it's likely because as a bad movie, it's it's a bad movie that you enjoy watching. It's right? like so bad it's good. Exactly. And and there're not a lot, I mean, that's a kind of in the weird Venn diagram of bad and good movies, like there's not a lot of overlap. So it's mm -hmm. it's very good when you actually have a movie like that that can kind of enter that. And uh and yeah, that's where the cult following comes from. It, it is fascinatingly bad. And and the acting, uh, God bless them. They tried they worked so hard to make that that script work. Uh unless your Tommy was so in in that case, I think that you've already phoned it in. But uh but, you know, supposedly it's like semi autobiographical, which is even worse because it's it, when you read it or you watch it, you can really tell that it's all from Tommy's brain. Like it's it's his perspective on a lot of stuff. So it's talking about like some really like serious and heady issues, but it's it's like told in the way where he's the protagonist. And like, really, if you if you watch it again, you're kind of like, I don't know if that's necessarily true. <laughs> But uh, not not unlike Tiger King. So the yeah, uh, yeah over, overall, it's it's a it's one it's one hell of a uh, shit show. And, and you sounds like, uh, yeah, it sounds like you've been really spending your time kind of going off the walls from Tiger King to live reads of the room uh, here at here at this house. We have uh, surprisingly we haven't played pool yet. Um, yeah. and our other roommates getting rid of the pool table at some point, um, getting it to his brother before he moves out. And, uh, but Daniel got a, uh, Sony 4k TV and we got that set up in the living room. So, uh, Sweet. his fiance has a switch and so the Nintendo switch and we played uh, Mario Kart the other night. Um, uh, I don't know how many races we played, but it was a lot of fun. Did you yeah. did you think that were you clarifying that for everybody else or did you think that I would think a switch is still like an old timey stick that you use to beat children with? <laughs> wow, you went to that definition of a switch. Wow. Yeah, you I'm just asking. Me a switch. Yeah, I specified in case there were other uh, nerdy people like ourselves that think we were talking about a network switch or a toggle Bingo. switch. Or mm. there we go. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah, I'd rather go like full Tom Sawyer with it, but y'all are cool. But don't worry. Yeah, what we did is great, man. We got that network switch, hooked it up to the TV. It was so cool. Oh, watching yeah. it like, yeah. you know, like, watching wait, wait that for it. Switch, that light's going to blink. It's going to blink whenever there's some yeah. data pack One, going through. Two, watch three. This. Yep. There we go. It's like, uh, oh, man, it just did it. Yep. Y'all connected. Nope. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Check out nope. that throughput. Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh man, yeah. It's got the gigabit. <laughs> <laughs> wow <laughs> nintendo nintendo switch may be one of my favorite consoles uh in, the, in the past probably like 10 years i think what, so. what was the uh very first console you had growing up carl very oh that, yeah the very first console i had growing up was the original nintendo right same and, here and that's yeah i mean was that the same for you brandon or did, were you yep. kind of late to the okay well i think the very first one was probably atari um mm -hmm. but i I was so pissed off with that and I was too young at the time. And then I got a Nintendo, I think when I entered kindergarten with uh, Contra, of course. Oh and yeah. Quickly was taught by my cousin, the up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, select BA start. Uh, yeah. Konami code for life. Yep. 
Yeah. So yeah, the, yeah. My my parents uh, begrudgingly got me a Nintendo. They went. I mean, they went out there. They went to Funko Land, which exists. Oh yeah, Funko Land was the shit. And uh, when we were when I was really young, you know, we, they got me a Nintendo, but it came in like a cardboard box, right? Because like it was clearly used, kind of thing. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely not one to to hold an issue against used products. I have yeah. many, so I was I was really excited. I mean, like I was a kid and I got a Nintendo, right? That was a huge deal. And uh, unfortunately, because it was used uh, and it wasn't a top loader, there was a lot of like game blowing, you know, to make stuff work and like re- resetting and everything. Uh, I remember going over to somebody else's house that had like a brand new one. And had really taken good care of it and like fired right up. And I was just like, what are you doing? Like, how did you, how did you make this work on the first try? And he's just like, yours doesn't. I was just like, oh my God, son of a bitch. So, <laughs> um, and then the top loaders came out and put everybody to shame. But, yeah. uh, but yeah, the, the games that I had, I didn't know were classics until much later. Kind of like you said, you had Contra, right? Yeah. Um, until you I, like, what sold them in a garage sale. Yeah, exactly. Because like, what the yeah. hell did you know at the time? You know, right. you're just like, well, those I guess those are pretty good games. That's what gaming is. Right. But, you know, looking back at it, I had like the original Mega Man with like that shitty cover art. I had. I had uh, yeah. So good. Um, that was the best one. It was it was so good. Damn. Uh, yeah. And then there's also. Uh, uh, like uh, Metroid. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, RBI Baseball, of all things, like the original, like unlicensed you know, version of REI baseball, uh, which I can still hum the sound, like the soundtrack to this day. Very, <laughs> very simple, but it's like stuck in my brain forever. I need to make room for something that matters. So uh, probably need to kick that out. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, they're, they're just awesome. Obviously the Mario's and duck hunts and whatnot. Dan, Dan, what did you have? Did you, did you have anything that you treasured that you got rid of like that? The, well, I would say, not so much gaming consoles that I wish I didn't get rid of. It was the all of the original Ninja Turtle toys and my G.I. Joe toys. Because ah, I'm sure that all of those are worth a lot. A pretty now. penny. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Same here. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Somewhere I've got like the uh, the glorious and, and racially insensitive uh the, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle toys that are also like Native American headdresses and tomahawks and stuff like that. I thought that was uh, that was that was kind of like what a what a snapshot in the 90s of like what people could get away with <laughs> at the time. Oh, yeah. But uh, but yeah, I didn't like Z bots and stuff like that. So, we had that. <laughs> yeah, we brought a Z bots on another episode. good old good old Z as well as uh, fun time pizza. Um, fun time pizza yeah. was amazing. Yeah, mm. man. Good Lord. Yeah. But great uh, arcade. Yeah, I went from like Nintendo SNES, which King Griffey Baseball was awesome on that. Oh, uh, yeah. I could never beat the Jurassic Park game because I could never find the last egg for some reason. Uh, and then Nintendo 64 is probably what like changed everything for me in terms of the length of time I was investing in gaming because right. of GoldenEye and everything else that was out. You didn't you didn't have like your Primus strategy guide for uh, for for Jurassic Park? Where you're like flipping through the pages or something like that. No, I, I don't think I got them. I didn't get yeah. them to like 64, you know, then Nintendo power and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. All the, yep. all the like little, little walkthroughs and whatnot. But, but yeah, I, uh, I think one of the games I'm going to download during, uh, you know, isolation times is probably going to be the, uh, the rare, uh, replay pack for, uh, for Xbox that has like Conker's Bad Fur Day. And uh, oh, yeah. like Jet Force Gemini and, and Perfect Dark and all those. So I can uh, I can relive all of my crappy like graphics days on a, a current gen gaming console because it's literally all I do is is buy stuff that's been outdated for at least 10 years and then download it onto my state of the art console. So that like the Mega Man pack and stuff like that. So it's it's a it's a pretty desolate wasteland on that Xbox. You're saying that to two guys that were playing Chaos Theory on our really nice gaming computers last night. Oh, man. For those of you who don't know, Chaos Theory was the third Splinter Cell. It came out in 2007. Yeah, and it also (laughs) pretty much holds up, too. It's actually really freaking good. Actually, I think it was 2005. Yeah. It might have been. Yeah, it's been out for a long time. 
Yeah. You guys, you guys caught that uh, the latest Wildlands, the Ghost Recon Wildlands pack in the trailer. Uh, Breakpoint, Break or Breakpoint. Break Recon. Yeah, it's now yeah, like the second one, which yeah. we played after yeah. Chaos Theory. Yeah, which yep. I'm, I'm probably gonna download here pretty soon because they had the Sam Fisher, like you know, Splinter Cell, uh, you know, resurgence inside of the Ghost Recon game, and uh, yeah. And I thought that was interesting. I actually talked to to Brandon a little bit about the fact that they even had Eamon Tobin's uh, Chaos Theory theme song kind of playing in the trailer in the background while Sam Fisher was sneaking around killing people. So I was like, wow, that is a straight up callback to a long time ago when I guess a lot of people consider the best last you know, Splinter Cell game. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's pretty amazing because throughout it, uh, as there, there's eight different missions, so it's actually like very lengthy. Uh, and oh, yeah. they actually have callbacks and, and some of the original songs from all the different Splinter Cell games, like from the very first one. And so I, I thought that was kind of cool. They threw that in there. But um, that's what's interesting is that there was one night where we did a movie watch sort of thing. I think it was probably after we watched. Uh, uh, what was it? Uh, Evil Dead or whatever it was. Yeah. And uh, Ash first. What was it? Was no, no, it, it was it was uh, Army of Darkness, which Army is, of Darkness. I always will always get it. that screwed up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but we were talking about how you know our gaming history was back in the day, and that you were in the tactical games like I was, and I think right. for me it was like SWAT three and the Rainbow Six, and then into Splinter Cell, and and so, uh, so interestingly enough, like I have yet to game with you uh, in a tactical yeah. game, and uh, I think Dan and I would very much enjoy gaming with you, and but it's all about finding the the time because i know that uh mountain dog is very uh demanding with his you know he, he needs his he needs his mountain carl so yeah obviously <laughs> now that i mean that's 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 obviously a concern now but the biggest concern at this point is the fact that uh like a lot of you i'm i'm still going into work so and that's not because yeah. i i was like hey uh you know what i'm too cool for a quarantine that was like i was told by my employer that i had to because of the type of work that I do. So, uh, you know, I know a lot of people aren't going into work right now and, and that's good. And, uh, and you should not, everybody should be working from home if they can. But, uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm still enjoying that nice long commute. So I will be doing that even though it's, it's shed about 20 minutes now at this oh, point. Oh yeah. With no traffic. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. That the best. That's the best part of this is no traffic. If you have yeah, to go yeah. out. It's almost depressing too because you wake up and it's almost like you're going in on a week weekend every day, you know, mm-hmm. because like nobody has like left their parking spots or anything like that. So you're driving and you're just like, wow, there's like no one on the road. But so uh, to give a little perspective here for those who are not familiar with Texas traffic, uh, which is actually very, very, very bad traffic. Uh, yeah. Two, I guess it was two weeks ago. I had to drive down to McAllen, Texas, which is like the very, very southern tip of Texas right. and from the Dallas area where we, where I live. And I left in the morning at a normal time, like at 8, 30, 8 o'clock in the morning, which is normally peak traffic, especially going south like I would be. I drove through Dallas, Waco, and Austin without having to slow down. Amazing. Which is insane. That is incredible. Yeah, and that is not something that happens anymore. No. And Waco is under construction they're completely yep. redoing the highway. And then Austin is just normally a parking lot all the time, all right. the time. That's the worst city in our state for traffic is Austin. Absolutely. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's been very different. Hasn't stopped assholes from being in the left lane going 50 no. miles an hour though. I will tell you that that has been uh what a, what a pleasant surprise that is that, uh, that everybody, everybody who was an idiot before is continuing to be an idiot. So that hasn't really changed too much on the road, but, uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's definitely strange. So, uh, yeah, certainly not recommending anybody going to work that doesn't have to right now, just, uh, you know, play it safe. But, uh, but yeah, anyway, uh, we were, we were doing some game nights and stuff like that when I was talking about the room and all that, Uh, it wasn't the only thing we were doing. We were doing like board game nights. So we did like Jackbox TV kind of stuff and, um, the scribble.io uh, which is always great. Um, mm-hmm. and just, you know, using, uh, using online capability kind of at its fullest right now. Uh, I've used WebEx, I've used zoom, 
Um, I've even used Hangouts. So uh, I know a lot of these guys are are kind of running low on bandwidth. Zoom, the unpaid version, is kind of topping out at 40 minutes right now for people there. You know, three or more people that are getting on the same call. So uh, unless you pay for it, right? So and then there's always that possibility. But uh, but yeah, it's it's been uh, it's definitely you know stretched the imagination as far as how to get in touch with people. I just can't think about how this would have worked if it happened in the nineties when video calling was something you saw at the state fair still, you know, I mean like we would, we would all be like on the phone every now and then, you know, I'd be calling you guys up and maybe we'd be playing on like a dial up connection, like unreal tournament or something, you know, it would not be what's happening right now. So yeah. Use uh, a tape recorder. Tape recorder. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, you make sure you got a separate phone line because if you know mom picks up the phone while you're while you're gaming, it just ruins yeah. everything. We ruin her game, mom. Yeah, <laughs> hang up the phone. So yeah, it's well. It's, we got it's, uh, we got any other news before we wrap up? Oh, uh, just real quick. I think we can uh, we can check off a couple a couple real quick things. Uh, one deal that was up. Uh, or what one deal that came up was Michael Bean is still employed. Uh, you may remember him from Terminator or Aliens, right? Um, mm-hmm. And I guess maybe Art of War, if you were paying attention during that time period. <laughs> wow. But uh, yeah, exactly. Um, that was, I think that was Wesley Snipes and Wesley Snipes, Michael yeah. Bean, which uh, that, that should pretty much exactly point to where in his career he was at. But <laughs> Uh, yeah, Michael Bean is going to be in the Mandalorian, uh, supposedly as a bounty hunter. Um, nice. and then, so that, that's great. I mean, like I, I like Michael Bean. I, I think Michael Bean's actually got a pretty good sense of humor, uh, after seeing, you know, his, his like Rex power cult days of far cry three blood dragon and stuff like that. So he seems to have a pretty, uh, pretty good finger on the pulse of like what, you know, what's fun and, and what's accessible. Um, he, he, I think it's good that he's going to be in this because we'll see just what kind of, you know, I mean, I didn't expect to see half the characters or us half the actors that yeah. I saw in the Mandalorian. So hopefully he um, uh, brings an intensity to the role. Like he, uh, you know, the, the role, of course, like uh, Kyle Reese in Terminator was intense, but to me, the most intense role he's ever done was in the abyss. Yeah. Yes. I think that's a good, I think that's a good point. People um, always overlook that movie. Yeah, it, and it's such a strange like it, it's it lives in such a strange area of James Cameron's, you know, like entire library of film. You know, where mm-hmm. it's 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 all like it, it wants to be a horror movie at one point, then it wants to kind of almost be like Spielbergian in another way. And uh, but it's also, I mean, it, it's it's a movie that's worth watching. It's just long AF. It's a long movie. And speaking of it being a long movie, if anyone's going to watch it that has never watched it, watch the director's cut. It is so much better. Yeah, I agree it with that. It is longer. It's, like, it's close to three hours, but it, the ending is so much better. Right. Yeah, it, yeah. It, there's actually something to take away from that one. Um, yeah. Can't can't argue with that. Uh, other things, uh, as far as the Mandalorian is concerned, another actor that nobody saw coming was Bill Burr. He is going to return as Mayfield in the next season, which I think will be a lot of fun because watching Bill Burr act is interesting <laughs> to say the least. I liked um, his character then, a lot. He was good. Yeah, he didn't yeah, suck. He I mean, like, yeah. he was actually like he had some acting chops. I really did not expect that. Um, I, I also with like, away with him. Yeah. But the weird assassin, like third arm gun thingy that he was, yeah. you know, using very interesting. Um Rosario Dawson apparently was cast as Ahsoka Tano. So if you have watched any of the um, Clone Wars, uh, like CGI show, right, then uh, then you'll know who Ahsoka is. And and that's going to be interesting because I have a feeling that Disney Plus is probably looking for their next big show. And it would not surprise me if they gave one to her. Um, do a spinoff. So yeah. Do a spinoff. Yeah. So we'll. We'll see what happens there, but uh, is there is there anything else going on? Do you guys see anything that you want to talk about? Uh, Dan, no, you done? I'm done. Yeah, Closed. I need to go get, uh, get on the bidet. Yeah, no, I understand. <laughs> well, it's like we can't all have 
you know, clean asses. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, this was fun guys. Uh, Dan, thanks so much for joining. I think we had yeah. a lot of fun. Uh, definitely want to have you on in the future, especially if we start doing some like, you know, top 10 lists, things like that, you know, maybe get oh, yeah, back to the Simpsons. Talk. Yeah. yeah. Good Definitely. job, everyone. Glad, uh, glad we're we're able to get together, and I'm glad I'm back in the saddle. So, uh, we'll we'll see you next week, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, to all our listeners out there, thank you so much for listening and continuing to uh, provide your support and subscriptions. Uh, you can check us out on social media on Instagram and on Twitter at Sensibly Loud, and also on Facebook at Sensibly Loud Media. Uh, But again, thank you so much for joining us and catch us next time on Sensibly Loud Radio.